Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, we hear from Kristen Birchnell and Heather Dugan as they wrap up our series, A Conversation Between Friends. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Well, Eastlake, it's Kristen again. Good to be with you. Um, I'm here with my friend Heather again today, and we're going to continue the conversation that we started before. Um, this time we're gonna get a little bit more into what we have been talking about friend, friendship-wise, um, about starting to recognize how our subconscious is driving some of the things in our life and how those kinds of things come up, how we've become aware of it, what triggers we have. Um, and so <laughs> I don't really know. We're just hoping, I think, that this is maybe helpful for people to hear, that they can say, oh, I've experience that kind of thing too so if not you just get basically like a view of a therapy session with between me and my friend <laughs> so thanks for being willing to share again just yeah. about where you're at um what you're learning um so you had mentioned in the last time we talked about how you felt like in the end what we're all trying to do is did you use the words connect to our subconscious or bring it forward? What would you, how would you say that again? Um, I would say integrating our subconscious into our conscious waking life. Um, but the part that you're talking about is what I think the goal is right now for me again, um, is connection to ourselves so we can be connected to other people and connected to God. Because if we're not connected to ourselves, it's really hard for us to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And really, all of life is pretty much about relationships. Yeah. Um, so tell me how some of this has come forward for you now. Or I guess what you are doing now yeah. to do that integration. Well, so what I've learned... Um, and I think this is when I called you and I was like, Kristen, I have to tell you what I'm learning. <laughs> um, so what happens is we're born whole and society, conditioning, family environment teaches us what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. So we have these parts of ourselves that are considered not acceptable or mm -hmm. um, not worth love. So we want to be connected right? Mm -hmm. Especially as children, you want to be connected to your caregivers, connected to others, connected to whoever's around you. So if there's something in, in you that is not providing that connection, you kind of fraction it off and you're like, this is unacceptable. So I need to hide that. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Then you're walking around again in the world. Oh, this is unacceptable. doesn't give me connection. I need to fraction that off. And this could be from anything like mm -hmm. for women specifically, it could oh, hey, it's not acceptable to be overweight. Fraction that off. It's not acceptable to not be pretty. Fraction that off. It's not acceptable to be loud. Fraction that off. It's mm -hmm. not acceptable to be angry. Fraction. 
So we have all these fractions of ourselves that are not integrated. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we don't even know what they are. Yeah. So the whole point of what I've been learning is finding out what are those pieces of myself that, that you I, left behind, that I left behind. Yeah. And that I too am deeming as unacceptable. Mm -hmm. I had a, um, a session with my spiritual director last week and I said, I go, I have these parts of myself that are like so needy and like I said last week, envious and jealous. And he goes, you look like you want to murder that. And I said, yep, that is exactly how I feel. And then all of a sudden, and it's interesting, feelings are super interesting because, so I'm feeling anger. Yeah. And he responds back to me and says, you look like you want to murder that. And I'm like, I do. And I agreed to it. Then I was sad because I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's so sad. There's parts of myself I literally want to murder. And then I was like, oh my gosh, how have I never known this? <laughs> so it's like, I've, I've noticed the feelings. And this is what I was trying to talk about last week with feelings is the feelings we deem unacceptable are the ones that have the truth underneath them. Mm -hmm. But we won't face them because we're like, oh my gosh, how could I ever say that there's parts of myself I actually hate? And then you're like, oh, but that's really sad. When did I like learn that? And like, then the only way to accept it and integrate it is to kind of round it out till you get to the, a place of compassion. Hmm. And it's so funny because at the end of a lot of my therapy sessions, I'll start laughing. And it's been so joyful for me because I love the quirks of people. Like I love how people have quirks. Like one of my best friends, Erin Noble, she has a quirk where she always has drinks with her, like numerous drinks, like five. And um, I love that about, it's what makes her her, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I get to see the quirks in myself from a different position and like laugh at myself, like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. I can't believe you did that. Then it's like, oh, okay. It, it's a place of more acceptance of those parts of myself. Mm -hmm. So what was your question? How I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what my question was. But I think one of the things that you're really good at is then um, sharing with people what you have just learned. Like that's the thing is that you call me and you're like, oh my gosh, I just had this session and I learned that I hate myself. And like you're just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is something I think freeing in acknowledging the whole process. Yeah. Um, to have it not be this thing that you hate anymore. Well, and it's that whole thing of, you know, the fear of the unknown is actually scarier than the unknown. Yeah. And so what we're all doing all day long is like running away and warding off these parts of ourselves we don't want to feel. And that when you actually feel them, it's like, oh, that's kind of intense. But then yeah. it like goes away. Like yeah. you like find the thing underneath the thing. So... It's super interesting, and every time I show up to therapy, I go, I don't know what's going to happen today. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going, because every week is different. I think part of that, um, being you being so intentional about showing up for mm -hmm. things, and like I said in our conversation before, going after something or pursuing something, um, I think there's a bigger experience for someone like you. Mm. Whereas like, I'm thinking about how you, you have this regular standing, somewhat regular thing with your spiritual director and you don't know what 
you're going to encounter. And there's just space for so much in Mm. that versus like, oh, I'm having a problem now, so I need someone to talk me through this problem. Yeah. I think when you do that with therapy or however, you still get down to deeper issues, but I appreciate mm-hmm. about you the the space, holding space for whatever might be there that you don't know of. Yeah, I think I learned how to do that at, the, um, at Wilderness Within. Hmm. Because I remember the first year I went, they would say, here's the practice you're going to go do. And I would say, this is so stupid. This is the stupid. I'm I'm sure. I'm going to walk like everything's alive and aware of my presence and talk to a tree. Yeah. (laughs) This is so stupid. And every time I would come back, you'd be like, you guys, guess what happened? So I started to just trust. It's that whole thing. You just trust the process. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think for me, trusting the process is like trusting whatever I'm feeling is the next direction. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird how I found the spiritual director too. Cause like I follow Teal Swan. She wrote this book, the, um, autonomy of loneliness, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, you called me when I was in the car about her. About her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I joke with my friends, like she came and got me. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I'd been following her for a while and I read one of her posts on Instagram and all of a sudden I was like, Oh, and then I went into this whole rabbit hole of some of her teachings. Um, and then she has people that she's trained to do this completion process, which is what I was talking to you about, about feeling the feeling and then going into the feeling. And, um, and that's how I found, um, my spiritual director. So I just, I'm kind of, and again, I I feel like it's very unconventional, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like it's somewhat being guided to the next thing. Like what's the next thing that feels, oh, that's not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. Okay. So where does that lead me? Where does that lead me? I think that's a good, that's a good map for people like, for people like me who maybe aren't as intuitive in that area. What are some things you would try to like help people be aware of to kind of learn how to follow those things? What are the questions you ask yourself? Um, That's a good question. Because I think there's things that come naturally to you Mm -hmm. now because of all that you've done um, that maybe don't come naturally to everyone else. Okay, well, the first thing I think about, which people are going to hate this, and I do too. Um, So my friend asked me the other day if I wanted to go ride horses on the trail. And I said, no, no, nope. I would imagine that's what I would don't, say. I'm scared of horses and they <laughs> feel fear. So everybody's going to know we're afraid being the horse. And so we're not doing the thing. Um, and she said to me, is that a fear you're willing to face? And I responded back and I said, yeah, I don't know yet. Let me think about it. Because sometimes it is the fear that will drive you to the next thing hmm. of like, Oh, I'm kind of afraid of that. Is that fear logical? Is that holding me back? What kind of fear hmm. is it? And cause again, we learned how to be afraid so we can survive. Yeah. And a lot of that is in our subconscious too. Yeah. That's why we respond like the other day, I was playing baseball with Huck with golf balls and he swung it so hard. It went straight at my head and I dodged it without even thinking. Yeah. Because you just survive. That's the why we're wired like this. Yeah. And we need all these things. We need to have like judgment and caution and all these kinds of things. But then there's other areas where it's really inhibiting us. Mm -hmm. And so it is looking at some of those things that you're afraid of. Or even like 
a plant medicine journey. Mm -hmm. I have fear there. Is that a fear that's leading me to it? Not currently, but maybe that would be down the line. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know where my life's going. So it's just, I think whatever, or things that kind of make you feel uncomfortable, or sometimes for me, they make me excited. (laughs) But that's because I like this kind of stuff. Like if I see this spiritual director, then I might find something out about myself that will change my life for the positive. Hey, East Lake, Peter here. Thanks so much for tuning in to watch this message. I wanted to do just a quick interruption to say thank you to so many of you who are making regular contributions to East Lake. East Lake is a nonprofit, and everything that we do is because of a community of consistent and generous people who really believe in this place and want to see it continue. So uh, if you're a part of that community, thank you for how you make this place go. If you are tuning in regularly and are part of this community, but you haven't yet um, jumped in to making a financial contribution, we would encourage you to do that and encourage you to go to eastlakecc.com to help support Eastlake as a community and continue to make these messages possible. Thanks so much for uh, letting me interrupt your message. Let's jump back in. I've been doing this um, conscious parenting thing, journey, course. Um, And one of the things she talks about is when you're having um, tension with your kid, she said, it's almost always about you. Mm -hmm. Or at least you need to, in that moment, you have to take responsibility for what part of it is you. And so she taught us, me, um, to say, what am I afraid of right now? And then to keep to keep asking the question, like, why? Why am I afraid of that? And then why am I afraid of that? To get down to the bottom of, like, what is really driving the tension. Um, and that's been helpful for me, too, when I have these, like, like when you said, these uncomfortable feelings or these fears to be, like, why am I afraid of that? Okay. Why? Because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Why am I afraid of being uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, to take it down this ladder and in parenting, <laughs> it always kind of ends up at this bottom of like, I'm afraid that I'm not good enough. Mm. So it's not this, um, like I had this, <laughs> I'll share one. Um, cause a lot of my, the conversations you and I have been having, all of my subconscious stuff is coming up through parenting mm-hmm. because I see these things. I see the subconscious stuff forming in my kids or I am interacting with them in a way where I'm like, it's triggering something from my childhood. And I'm like, I don't want mm-hmm. to do that. I don't want that to be their experience. But I was cleaning I was trying to clean our house the other day because um my parents were coming over and my kids were going crazy making more mess not helpful at all and I was like it was building and building I was like dripping in sweat (laughs) making beds shoving things in corners and I was like about ready to just unload on my kids and I stopped for a moment and I was like what is the thing here And it was like, I'm mad at my kids for not helping me. Mm. And then I was like, I was able to process through. My kids don't care if the house is clean. Oh, no. I care that the house is clean. Why do I care that the house is clean if I'm fine with it 
not being clean. And it was because my parents were coming. Why do I care if my parents see a clean house? Well, because I want them to think that I have my shit together. Mm-hmm. Why do I care about that? Like, I just had to keep going down until, and then all of a sudden I didn't care what my kids were doing. <laughs> I may have been crying on my daughter's bed about all these feelings that I have, but it spared me from unleashing this like rage mm-hmm. on my kids for something that had nothing to do with them. Well, and it's so funny that, so life is just going to keep giving us opportunities to address these subconscious thoughts that we have. Mm-hmm. That's how it's meant to work. Mm-hmm. So some people, it will be through your child. And I think that, I don't know why I seek the way that I do, but for you, you're doing the same thing. It's just, again, it's a different modality. It's, it's presenting itself to me whether <laughs> yeah. I want it or yeah. not. I know. Well, and what, and this is really crazy and people can believe me or not, but um, Teal Swan says the evolution of consciousness is that we have desires and you can't get rid of them. We're humans, we have desires, and that's how everything is going. So, but our desires go up into this stream of consciousness and then our children are born already embodying them. Hmm. So that's how consciousness is moving forward because our children already have some of the consciousness that we're trying to seek. And so that's why it challenges so much mm-hmm. of what you're learning because they're pulling you forward. They also don't have yet the like oh yeah, fractured view of themselves. And they're born into a different world than we were. Yeah. Like, yeah. 40 years ago was way different. I know. We've talked, you know, I've talked a lot about like, that. My mom was worried about, like, the AIDS pandemic had just happened mm-hmm. when, when I was born. Yeah. And everybody was worried about that and how was that spread. And it, we've gone through a complete cycle. And mm-hmm. technology and everything is completely different. So they're being raised in a way different world than, than we were. Yeah. Thankfully so in some ways. I know. <laughs> I feel like we're all just, like trying to spare our children some of the things that we yeah experience and then just have these other things <laughs> that they have to like get rid of that we weren't aware of but that's what we all do and everybody the thing is everybody's doing the best that they can but like my grandma super unemotional mm-hmm. my mom was really emotional so they shut down emotion they wouldn't even tell her stuff because she'd cry so then my mom gets me and I'm super emotional. She has no idea how to handle emotions because it's all shut down within her. Mm-hmm. So then I have this like emotional world that I need to like learn how to express and have without it being mir- mirrored my whole like childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say that's why I have so many issues, but it's not true. <laughs> well, I think that's a gener. It's like maybe a generational thing. Yeah. Because... What I've been talking with you about is that same thing being in my family where emotions weren't really, and this is kind of like the good or bad thing Mm -hmm. that we talked about last time, but um, I think in my childhood, emotions were considered sort of bad Mm -hmm. or need to be shut down, get control Mm -hmm. of your emotions. come back when you're feeling better mm-hmm. um there's like really terrible stories about me being locked in my room mm-hmm. <laughs> with like big tantrums and all these big things and I think um it was just the way that it had been kind of passed down mm-hmm. um and so 
I'm now encountering this with my child and I'm ha- I th- I called you I think mm-hmm. <laughs> the people can't tell we just call each other when we experience things <laughs> but I called Heather and I was like oh my gosh I'm having this out of body experience or maybe it's not even out of bob- body maybe it's actually like back into yeah. my body of my toddler self being kind of told that these big emotions aren't acceptable mm-hmm. and I'm watching my daughter have these big emotions and I'm like I refuse to teach her that those are unacceptable, but it's great against all of like how I have been taught Mm -hmm. and it's just the worst and the best at the same time. I know. And the other day I let, I let, um, my daughter have this crazy tantrum and I just like let her have her feelings and, uh, at one point, even my husband was like, "Oh my gosh, can you please take her inside?" <laughs> and I was just like, "She's gonna work through it. She's gonna work through it." And I just carried her around, and she was so mad. And then it kind of passed. And then I was thinking on the way here, like, I don't know that I'll ever forget. It passed, and we started joking around about something else. And like out of nowhere, she just like lunged, like put her arms around me, and she's like, "I love you." And she did it like four or five times. Mm. And I was like, okay, I feel like somehow there was something there of like me not telling her that who she was was unacceptable mm-hmm. to me in that moment. And you just sat with her. Yeah. And you didn't abandon her. Yeah. You know? But I feel like in a way that I'm like kind of tending to like my four-year-old self of like you're not unacceptable I think yeah well they talk a lot about reparenting Mm -hmm. um the holistic psychologist talks a lot about that and that we have to like reparent ourselves and -hmm. people ask questions like well what does good parenting look like who knows (laughs) well that's the thing is like I I feel overwhelmingly loved by my family Mm -hmm. there's just there's no part of me that feels this like I don't know even that they should have done something different or anything I'm just like unwinding some of the things that well because there's also no words when you're that young too so they say like oh you could be put in your crib to cry yourself to sleep but you don't know that that's what's happening. Yeah. And parents will say that's what's best for you. And of course, I'm not saying like everybody needs to <laughs> sleep with their parents, their kids in their bed or whatever. Um, but as a child, all you feel is they've left, lost connection, mm-hmm. and now I'm here alone. Yeah. And that can even happen when you're a baby. <clears throat> I yeah. mean, there's there's just a lot imprinted in yeah. our subconscious mind. You've talked. So do you think when you, you asked, someone asked you, like, what do you really want? Mm-hmm. And you said freedom. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that comes from? Like, I think it's, yeah, I think it's freedom to be like fully who I am. What I've been realizing lately is, um, so I drink a lot of wine and I'm like, I don't like that I'm drinking so much wine. It's really mm-hmm. bugging me. It's bothering me. Um, and I think it made sense through COVID 
And the transition out of COVID has been so interesting. It's like, we're transitioning, but we're kind of not. And like, what are the rules now? Do we have old rules, new rules? Um, Because last year it was like, you just survive. Who cares if you're drinking wine? Nobody cares. Um, And nobody should care right now either, but whatever. But what I'm realizing is, um, and what I've learned, um, a lot of people that drink a lot of alcohol feel very unsafe in relationships. So they just don't feel seen or heard or that they can be their true authentic self. Mm-hmm. And so I think even though I feel like I am my authentic self, again, the parts I was telling you, the needy parts, mm-hmm. the like things that feel very young to me. Um, and plus, you know, I try to be very strong. Be Is very it because strong. when you were little, you felt like you weren't seen or no. heard? Seen or heard or... Like, I would say how I felt, and they'd be like, don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, or I'd be mad at my sister, and my mom would be like, yeah, but she loves you more than anybody. I'm like, it's not helpful. Hmm. It's not like, so it doesn't, it taught me a lot of, like, distrusting myself. So I didn't mm-hmm. trust myself. So then the another thing I have is, like, seeking outside validation. Like, okay, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying okay? Like... That's why I'm such a verbal processor, I think, because I'm like, I don't know, Kristen, does it sound all right? <laughs> so does that sound like it could be true? Um, even when I know it's true, for me at least. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't feel like seen or heard or mirrored. Yeah. And I, and we've talked about this too, why I think we should all live in tribes so <laughs> that there's numerous people. Because I think when people lived in tribes, even if your family structure there wasn't somebody that was like you. There was probably somebody in the tribe that was a little bit like you. So there was better mirroring going on. And I think when you're not, and by mirroring, I mean, um, like when you're talking to somebody and you're seeing your reflection back. Yeah, your reflection back. So, yeah. I think it's important for people to, I mean, I guess, the whole point of us talking about this is giving people examples of Mm. how you go deeper within yourself to figure out what is going on here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I feel like that's what a lot of our experience in life is, is, ooh, I'm having some sort of like feeling about this, or Mm. I can't get rid of these thoughts, or whatever it is, this negative cycle that I can't break out of. And just the ability to pause and be like, hmm, what is this, what is happening Mm -hmm. here? And then I think what I found is really key is to just be like gentle with yourself as you kind of go there. Well, the whole thing, yeah, I agree with you. And it's the compassionate response to yourself. Hmm. That's the only way out. And I think that's why they're like, you got to love yourself, self-love, self-love. Well, if you don't, if you don't know how to love, like, a lot of people are like, I don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. Or you grew up in an environment where you didn't feel very loved. So you're like, well, is that love? Is this love? What is love? Um, so I think, and Brene Brown talks a lot about shame, you know, the mm-hmm. shame thing. And the only way out is to be met with a compassionate response. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same for self-compassion. self-compassion. Because you can't, the other thing is these parts of ourselves are trying to keep us alive and connected. So all this negative stuff that we're all mad at within ourselves has a reason for being there. It's not actually like 
trying to kill you. You know, it's mm-hmm. trying to help you survive and it's trying to help you get what you want. It's just outdated. It's not working anymore. Hmm. But it did work for you in a certain time. Yeah. So or even things like the anger, yeah, frustration, those kinds of feelings that we would say are negative or we're taught to like cut those off. Those are not things that are productive or helpful right. for your life. Yeah. Um, I think they, they can be. Your expression of it maybe is not helpful, but recognizing, oh, I'm angry is a good thing rather than just being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like shutting it down because those, <laughs> those feelings aren't acceptable. It's more the response might be. Yeah. Um, have positive effects in your life or not but the actual feeling of sadness or those things that we talk about as being negative um, can actually be really positive yeah well and they're finding a way yeah it's even your like your ego too it's trying to help you it's not actually trying to hurt you but we've deemed it as bad and get rid of it you can't get rid of it completely anyway um but once we are okay with the fact that like and even my spiritual director, when I told him, when he said, you look like you want to murder that part of yourself, he's like, it, it is trying to help you. Hmm. You don't understand, but it is. And he had to like talk me through it because I had to get, that was the only way I could get to a place of compassion hmm. was of understanding for these parts of myself that I don't like um, because they're, they, they were survival and they kept me alive. Hmm. That's the thing. You think when you're young, like the stuff that we talk about, we're trying to survive and you cannot survive without connection. A baby will not survive without being connected to a mother. Yeah. So it's like, it's a survival mechanism. And so that's why seeing it and recognizing it for what it is and kind of, it's funny because it's the wilderness, but then we talk about loyal soldiers. Hmm. So you have these parts of yourself that are trying to like so hard to just keep you alive. And they say what you're supposed to do is give them a new job. (laughs) So you need a new job because it actually came out of, I guess there was, um, in one of the wars, I don't remember which one, whatever. Um, there were some soldiers on an Island and they were like holding fort Mm -hmm. and the war had been over, but nobody came and told them. Mm -hmm. So when they came to tell them, they wouldn't like, they couldn't back down. And even when they brought them back and they did a ceremony for them and they tried to they honored them and then they tried to give them new jobs so that they would like back down because they couldn't hmm. they couldn't do it. They were too they were loyal. They were holding it for too long. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it's not actually a bad thing. It just is. Yeah. That's the thing that's so crazy is everything actually just kind of is. Is. And we're all right on track. Yeah. That was the one of the big messages in this parenting thing that I did was. Um, Accepting the as isness mm-hmm. of the world is kind of what our goal is with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, not for them to just be happy and successful because then they feel like they're failing if they're not happy and successful. But to encounter the as isness of mm-hmm. the world and to move through it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to teach our kids, and that's what I'm. Trying to teach myself. <laughs> Me too. It's just, this just is what it is. It's today. It's this relationship. It is what it is. So let's just like move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to share with how you're processing your subconscious? <laughs> um, 
I think one of the biggest things that I've been working through is there, and it goes back to the as isness. There's nothing to fix. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think for me, that's very deep rooted. There's, but there's nothing to fix. And I think a lot of my chasing has been trying to fix, hmm. um, up into this point. And it's funny cause whenever I have those feelings, um, like in therapy or whatever, I can feel my mind being like, how do I hang on to this? How do I hang on to this new truth? How do I hang on? How do I create it? How do I keep it going? When really the only thing is, is the experience is changing me and there is nothing to hang on to and there's no fixing. Hmm. And, um, so that's something I struggle with all the time, but there's nothing that needs to be fixed, even you. (laughs) I like that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That was great. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.